Good morning. Hi, this is Olivia. I hope you are having a wonderful morning. I hope that because you're in South Africa, it is the second day of schools in the inland provinces, so which means those cities, the provinces that are not close to the coastal areas. So school has started yesterday and I hope, I hope it went well. I hope that it is a great, amazing year and a blessed year for our children. And I hope they prosper and they grow and they advance and they excel. We must tell the truth to our children about life. I'm not saying to be negative. There's a big difference. Because people will say that they will be mean and blunt and vindictive. And they will say, no, but I'm just telling you the truth. No, no. You don't have to be vicious when you tell the truth. When I say we must tell the truth to our children about life, I mean, we must stop telling them, you study hard so you can go and get a job. No, we must move beyond we live in a time where it's no longer about studying hard and getting a job. There are many graduates who are sitting without a job, right? There are many people with excellent qualifications who cannot find a job. So the truth is, we can no longer rely on studying hard and getting a job. We must equip our children on how to navigate in life, how to move through life. And how do you start? How do you start? You encourage your child to focus on what they are good at. You don't have to agree with it. You don't. Because a lot of us, a lot of my peers are still stuck in the belief that you must go and be a lawyer. You must become a doctor. You must become an engineer for you to get rich and to get money. Have you spoken to doctors lately? Have you spoken to lawyers lately? Have you spoken to engineers lately? Have you ever spoken to any of, to any person who is in the career that you are encouraging your child to follow? Sometimes not even encouraging, you are forcing them to become something or someone that they don't want to be. Have you asked your child? What would you want to be? Who would you want to be? Have you asked your child, what are your dreams? What makes you excited? What makes you happy? That is what you should encourage. Find something that makes you happy. You know, you can look all around you right now at this very moment. 
and all you can see is what is wrong in South Africa. You can see the unemployment, you can see the low morale, you can see the lack of leadership. Oh my gosh, the list can go on and on and on. But have you opened your eyes to the opportunities? Have you encouraged your children to see, to look for a solution? Or do you always tell them how bad things are, how things are falling apart, how nothing is working, how the world was so much better when you were a child? Don't lie, it sucked. But you were a child and you were protected from it. And now because you were protected from it, you have better memories. What memories are you creating with your child? What memories? What are you building? What are you instilling in your child? Life is more than just about studying and having a degree. And don't get me wrong, it does make life easier when you have those qualifications. But you know what is interesting? I can only, of all my friends, all the friends that I have who have degrees, very few of them are actually doing what they studied for. I remember one even told me, you know what? Now my degree is just an ornament on the wall. I'm doing something completely different. So how do you empower your child? How? And by the way, having a degree and qualifications, it doesn't make you a better person. There are, there are many assholes out there with degrees and there are many assholes without degrees so don't think and do not install this message into your child that you are a better person when you have a degree you're not you are an asshole with or without the degree it's not going to change you you will just be a bigger one so how do you send out a child into this world who's equipped to deal with the pressures the disappointments because life can disappoint you life can put you under pressure there's no there's no life doesn't come with instructions most of the time you have to figure it out as you get along as you go along so what do you teach your child you teach your child by celebrating their strengths by celebrating their achievements by celebrating them as human beings you instill in your child that they don't have to do anything to deserve your love. 
you instill in your child that I love you, whether you come home with an F or whether you come home with an A. I still love you. But of course, you must work hard to get rid of that F. But I don't love you more because you came home with an A. I love you because you are my child. I love you because you are mine. You are my gift. God trusted me enough to give me you. You know what a child is, hey? You know what? A child is a blessing, a gift, and it's the biggest responsibility you will ever have. Ever. Because when you are when you make a career choice and it doesn't work out, ah, you can leave and try something else. When you move into a house that you don't like, ah, you can sell it and move to another neighborhood. When you are in a job that you hate, after a while you will leave. Either you will find another job or you will be so fed up that you will just leave. But you can make changes. But once you become a mother or a father, it will be like that for the rest of your life. You cannot say, oh my gosh, I didn't know this is how it's going to be. Ah, they take my child, I'm going, I'm leaving. No. Your child is part of you for the rest of your life. When you become a parent, you are given immense power. You are given the power to shape another human being, to create, to build values, to teach, to mentor. You have the opportunity every single day to shape someone's mind who is dependent on you for guidance, for love, for wisdom. That is what a child is. A child isn't there for you so that you can live through that child to achieve everything that you failed to achieve. A child isn't there to poison against other adults. A child, it's not your weapon. If you are no longer with the father or the mother, it's not your weapon to hurt another adult because what you are doing, you are damaging the child and you are robbing him or her from any good, strong, sustainable relationship that might have added to their lives. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. If you are with, if you don't want your child to see the other parent because they are genuinely not good for the child, they are genuinely poisoning, poisoning your child. And it is in the child's best interest not to see the other parent. Then by all means, by all means, I'm not 
I'm not saying if the other parent is a monstrous, poisonous person that you must allow that person into your child's life because ultimately it's your responsibility to protect your child. But protection mustn't be based on spite and selfishness. It mustn't be based on your pushing your own agenda because this person no longer wants you. If someone doesn't want you, they don't want you. You cannot force love. You cannot force a relationship. You know, I commend parents who there's no relationship between them. But when it comes to their child, they create an environment where first of all, the child never has to choose which parent must I go to, which one is better, where the child doesn't have to feel guilty about should I be with my mom or should I be with my dad. They create an environment where the child is free to go and visit. It's very difficult to navigate a relationship where two parents are no longer together. It's not easy. It's not simple. What it does require is an immense maturity. It's calmness, common sense, and love. And to ask your child, speak to them. Speak already, already. Your child carries the load and the unasked questions of what have I done wrong that my parents are not together? Is it something about me? Is it something that I've done? Already they have that, those questions inside of them. But they can't, they, they don't have the vocabulary or the words to articulate these feelings. So you, as the adult who should know better, do the right thing and make it as easy as possible for your child. And even if you hate the other parent, even if you dislike them intensely, even if they have caused havoc in your life, if they are good to your child, they are good to your child. And if you are the one who's the primary caregiver, there's no need to complicate things when it's time to see the other parent. You know, it's tough, it's difficult, it's, an, it's uncharted waters for many. And every single time you have to learn something, but don't let your child pay for your mistakes. Don't let your child pay for your pain. Don't let your child be the one who is scarred because you are in pain. Let them live their life. Allow them to choose, no matter how difficult it is. And it can be difficult because here we are talking about emotions. We are talking about feelings. And as adults, as people, we can hurt each other deeply. 
And it's difficult sometimes to move past this hurt. But what is required is to do the right thing. Not for you as the parent, but the child. Do it for your child. Do it for your child's well-being, his peace, future relationships. Do it so that they can be strong, confident, independent, but most importantly, so that they can know and they can say, regardless of what, I have been loved. When your children think of you, when they talk about you, when they speak to you, what do you see? Do you see fear? Is that what you want to see? Does that make you feel good? Or do you see love? Do you see respect? Do you see a child who can't wait for you to get home? Or do you see a child who's so relieved when you are not home? Because when you are home, this chaos, this shouting, this criticism, nobody rests because you are home. Do you ever speak to your child? Do you talk about their dreams? Do you ask them what they think? What is their opinion? You would be surprised what wisdom comes out of the mouth of your child. You know children have the ability to see clearly and simply. They don't complicate things. They see things as they are. You know, they, they, they don't, everything about them, they see it, it's literal. I remember one time I told my, my, my child, come, let's hit the road. She was still very young and she asked me, what has the road done to you? Why do you want to hit the road? You see? They take everything literally. While we hear what isn't there, we see what isn't there. An example, if you call me now and I tell you, no, you can't come, I'm busy. What do you hear? What do you hear? Do you hear that I'm busy? Because you don't know what I am doing, you don't know what my day is like. You had an open space and you wanted to come and visit. So it might not be a good time for me. So I tell you, no, I'm busy. And what do you hear? You hear she doesn't want to see me. You hear she's lying. She's not doing anything. Now from that, you hear that she doesn't value my our friendship. I'm not a friend to her. She doesn't care about me, right? That's the internal dialogue that happens. And we are all guilty of it. But I am busy. I have a lot of things to do. I can even tell you I'm busy, but you know what? Tomorrow would be a better time. Or maybe after four would be a better time or saturday or sunday would be better 
Our biggest weakness is that we always make it about us. We always make it about us. So when you tell your child to go and study, why? Do you tell them why? They must go and study? Oh no, they must get a job. Yeah, but have you told them what it requires to get a job? Have you told them what it requires to keep a job? Have you told them how they can excel in their jobs? Why, even with that degree, you cannot walk in and become the CEO. With that degree, you must be willing to start at the bottom. You must be willing to do what it takes. You must be willing to stand your ground and to be heard, not nagging, moaning. You know those people at meetings. Oh my gosh, I hate meetings. You know those ones who are forever talking and talking and not say anything. And at the end of the meeting, a two-hour meeting or a one-hour meeting, nothing has been said because one person likes to listen to their own voice. You know those people? You don't teach your child to be like that. Teach them to speak up when it matters. Teach them to take ownership, ownership of their achievements. Teach them that when you have done something good at work, don't allow someone else to take the credit. Say, I have done this. Teach them not to rely on sympathy to be seen or to be heard, but to rely on their skills and their talents to move ahead in life. And this is for the mothers who still tell their daughters to find a rich man. Listen, honey, darling, poppy. If you still teach that to your child, you are creating a lost generation. Because we live in a world where sisters are doing it for themselves. And then, and then, to the independent sister, right? To the independent sister who has the house and the car and the great career. Please don't look down on someone who is happy to get married. It's their choice. It's their choice. And independent sister, independent single sister, this is for the independent single sister. Relationships are not a battleground. It's not a fight to be heard. If you are forever complaining about the men you have, then you are the problem. You don't know how to choose. You don't know what you want. You don't have standards when it comes to your relationship. And listen, listen, the married lady, the married lady, stop, stop, stop projecting this picture and this image and this perception that your life ends when you get married. Stop creating the illusion 
that you are in prison and it's so bad to be married because you chose the wrong man or you are not willing to do your part to make the relationship work. I'm speaking here specifically to women because we are the poison in society. We are the ones who whisper in our husbands, our boyfriends, our partners, our sons and our daughters' ears. We are the ones who wreck relationships, who break up marriages. It's us. Because as mothers, sometimes you don't know when to take a step back and let your child fix her or his marriage. I'm talking to mothers today. I'm speaking to women today. You know, there's hope. If a bad man gets married to a good woman, there's hope. When he loves, have you seen people that when once they find the right person, how they change? Have you seen a man who has found a woman he loves with everything in him and she loves him the same way? Have you seen the changes that take place? Have you seen what happens that you don't even recognize that man that you remember that one you said was the loser? The one you've written off? The one you said, ah, and he found a good woman who saw his potential, who loves him and suddenly becomes appealing to a lot of other women. There's hope that if a good man gets married to a bad woman, we are all in trouble. A woman who's poison will poison a family, will poison the community, will poison generations to come. Because that poisonous woman, ne? that child becomes a problem in that community. That's how they poison the community. And that child start dating another person's child within the community and that poison spreads and the two of them have a child or they have children and that poison gets passed on to these children and another generation is cursed with the poison of one woman yes i'm speaking to specifically the women today because we must take our place and we must stand strong. Submit. Submit. That's why I don't go to church. I cannot sit where a pastor who beats his wife, who's disrespecting the community, where a pastor who's living off the sweat of his community and his congregation. And that very same man tells me, I must submit to God, which means I must submit to him, the pastor. What does it mean to submit? Because when there's that scripture in the Bible, it said, wives submit to your husbands. Why would Paul write that? Wives, why didn't he? But he says to the husbands, 
husband, love your wife. What does that say? To submit, to submit, you first need love. You cannot submit where there is aggression, fear, threats. You cannot submit where there's the possibility of danger. You cannot submit where you are, you, you, you are humiliated, where you are rejected, where you are treated like dirt. You cannot submit. It's impossible. But where there is love, you can submit. Why? Why? Is it easy to submit where there's love? Because when I love you, when I say I love you, and I love you truly, when I say I love you, I say I trust you. I am offering all of me to you. I trust you with my heart, with my feelings, with my thoughts, my fears, my vulnerabilities. I trust you with who I am. Then it becomes easy to submit because I love you. I will do whatever you ask of me. And the same if you love me and you truly love me. And you offer you, you give me your heart, your thoughts, your feelings, your vulnerabilities, your fears, your dreams. That you open yourself up to me completely. Why would I then not submit? Only if I don't love you. But to submit, submit has nothing to do with torture and force and threats. Submit has everything to do with love. You know when you love someone and they love you back, it becomes a pleasure to serve that person. And that is what submit is all about, is to serve the next person, is to be there for the next person, the person you love. It is to serve to listen, to care, to give, to obey. Not obey when there's aggression, but to obey to the voice who guides you from within. That is what submit is. Ah, you know, this, this, there are too many pastors, too many churches where they use this scripture to oppress women. You cannot submit with this violence. You have to protect yourself. This is, the, this is one of the scriptures. It's the most beautiful in the Bible, but it has been most misused because abusive, angry, insecure, low self is men have been using it to oppress their wives. You know, if you want to see a woman at her best, love her. 
if you want to see a woman blossom love her if you want to see a woman become a queen in front of your eyes love her if you want a woman to look at you as if you are the king of the castle as if you are the best in the world as if you are more powerful than the most than the most powerful man on earth if you want to see a woman look at you with admiration and adoration look at you as if you are the most wonderful miracle in this world love how do you love a woman how do you love a woman yes listen it's different for each one but if you make her feel good about herself if you make her feel good if you treat her like a queen but don't waste your love on someone who cannot return it don't if someone is not willing it doesn't matter what you do it will not change anything right but the secret is focus on what you want focus on how you want it to be if you are married and your marriage sucks right now or you feel trapped and unhappy and depressed and just it's just like you don't want to be married anymore how do you want it to be focus on that because we draw negativity into our lives because we talk about it we think about it we we speak about it all the time oh my gosh you know when there are just some couples when when the woman is hanging out with the friends and the guy is hanging out with his friends all they talk about is complain about each other then leave but if you really want to ask yourself do i want to be there and then focus and think how you want it to be look at your husband look at your wife remember why you got married remember why you fell in love in the first place remember how you felt when you were in love and this is another thing about marriage hey <clears throat> it's it's not a fairy tale it's not a fairy tale tell me what is romantic about waking up every single day of your life next to the same person having to go to work pay the bills raise the children worry about the petrol price um dealing with your boss what is romantic about all of that let me tell you let me tell you because there's this idea that marriage is oh happily ever after no my darling marriage is not happily ever after what marriage is is to work it every single day to pay attention and when you lose it to wake up and say no i'm losing i'm getting off the track here to pay attention pay attention to your marriage 
pay attention to your partner. Pay attention to each other's needs. Pay attention. The one thing I have discovered about men, they don't want many things. They want stability. They want peace. They want to be loved. They want to be accepted. And they want a moment to themselves. You know, just to sit and stay into space without any distractions at times. What do women want? We want attention. We want us to get, we want you to get us practical things. Help with the children. Help with the dishes. Help in the house. Make life easier for her. And she will love you to bits. Make life easy. Do what you can do. You don't have to be a slave because, oh my gosh, we are in 2022. There's no longer men don't do this. Women don't, don't do this. This is only for men. Stop teaching that nonsense to your children and stop believing it. Your wife needs your help. And women, men are not mind readers. If he looks at you and you are forever doing everything, he, he thinks you have it under control. He thinks. So now suddenly the dude is sitting in front of the TV while you are doing the dishes, seeing to the children, thinking, making lunch, sorting things out. And you are thinking, he can't even see that I'm busy. He doesn't pay attention. No. You never told him because you've always been doing it. If you can tell him and say, look, I need your help. Can you watch the children while I'm doing this? Or can you help me in the kitchen? Get whatever it is that you need help with. Ask him. He would not know. You know the things that are the most obvious to us? are things that people don't even notice or see. So this and ask, don't ask, you don't even see that I'm busy. Huh? Do you think that I would help you if you ask me like that? No, you ask him, my love, I need your help here. I can't cope. If he says no, well, then you have married a big, fat, overgrown baby. And you are on your own. You can either give up in that moment or you can keep on asking. And something's got to give. But our relationship with each other also affects our children. If you are unhappy, your child will sense it. And you know what happens when a child witnesses Two miserable people in a marriage, and those miserable people are his parents or her parents. You know what they believe? That marriage is bad. It sucks. It's a prison cell. That's the message that you are sending to your child. Every single time you sulk or complain and you don't address it. This is 2022. It is a new school year. So when you, the next time when you speak to your child and you tell them, go and study, 
because I want your life to be better than mine. Ask them, what are their dreams? What do they want to do? What do they see for the future? Because now we live in a world where someone with a laptop and an internet connection can make money from his bedroom. We are living in a world where new careers are being created, careers that we never would have thought of even five years ago. That's the world that we live in. And have an open mind when your child shares his or her dreams with you. Because they are not you. They are part of you, but they're not you. They see things differently. They experience things differently. And they have a different outlook. You don't want a mini you. You don't. You want a better you. And now, when you look at your child, look at them with an eye towards the future. Because at some time, they would have to survive in a world without you. And that is the harsh reality that we live in. So what are you telling your child to prepare them for a life without you? Already when a parent dies, I can tell you, it's the most painful thing. It's God awful. You already have to deal with the pain and the loss, the, 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 the sense that an anchor of your life is gone. A part of you gets ripped out of your very soul and your heart. And it's a hole that will never be filled again. And all you will have, all you have, it's the memories. All you have. You don't want your child to deal with the pain of losing you. And then realize that they can't even buy sugar without you. Your children, your children are a gift. A blessing. It's not an easy journey. Every parent will tell you that. It's the most difficult, most rewarding, most challenging, scariest journey you will ever, ever start. And our job is to do the work of God. I'm not talking about the preaching and the reading Bible, but to teach them what is right. To teach them what is good, what is beautiful, what is hope, what is faith, what is confidence. To teach them who they are so that God can reveal their true identity to them. That is who and what you are when you are a parent. I thank you for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.